From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice, Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Today, we have a super stacked show. We're talking all about AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday. We're talking about Monday Night Raw from this past Monday. And we're going back in time to the land of extreme, like we do every week here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, ECW Hardcore TV, February 7th, 1998, and the February 14th, 1998 episodes. Definitely a lot to uncover here, a lot to talk about. But before we get into all of that, I want to thank all my fans from all over the world. Thank you so much for supporting and riding with the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. Without you, there is no us. I appreciate you all. All over the world, I got fans, and it's all so humbling. Thank you so much for everybody. I appreciate it. If you don't already, follow on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. Follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod. And shout out to everybody who tunes in and follows the Twitch stream at the Wrestling DeLorean. We are doing live watch-alongs every Wednesday and Friday nights on Twitch. I throw in a couple random Twitch streams throughout the week as well. So you want to follow and make sure you know when I'm on Twitch. Because we have watch-alongs, we have watch parties, and we have a lot of fun. Big shout-out to Off the Top Ropes Podcast. I was on their WrestleNary Thursday last night, and I had a hell of a good time. We did trivia. I... Maybe I don't want to talk about the results, but I did come very, very close. Nonetheless, I'll definitely love to come back on this show. They're welcomed whenever on this show. Shout out to Off The Top Ropes Podcast. Check them out. Follow them on Instagram at OTTRMOP2. Hit that link in the bio. Support them. Donate to their GoFundMe. Good guys over there. I appreciate them. Big shout out to Three Falls Brand Wrestling DeLorean merchandise is coming very, very soon. More on that on the Instagram today. So stay tuned. But that's enough chit chat. That's enough talk. We're about to get into the Super Stack Show Monday Night Raw, AEW, ECW. What more do you want? Let's get into the Super Stack Show here on this Friday morning, right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your morning routine like you do every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I cannot thank you guys enough. There's been a lot of big things happening for the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, and all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers have been riding along and repping the podcast. I appreciate you so much. I salute you guys. Thank you so much for always riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. 
This episode is sponsored by our good friends, our bros at Three Falls Brand, the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the planet. Not just the best wrestling and rock merchandise, but very soon we will be having Wrestling DeLorean podcast merchandise brought to you by the good folks at Three Falls Brand. You heard it from the man himself last week, Mean Gene. But why don't have Mean Gene tell you more about the company, Three Falls Brand? Here he is. Hey listeners, this is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from. Whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at 3FallsBrand. Again, check us out at 3FallsBrand.com and on Instagram at 3FallsBrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Alright, so we got a lot to talk about. Start off with Monday. Well, first, let me just say... I might have a new concept for the Wrestling DeLorean podcast. I tested it out this week, and shit went pretty smooth, I must say. And I might just keep going with it. So I know a lot of people have been wanting me to bring back the WCW Nitro reviews. And I've been a little apprehensive. You know I mean? I'm not the biggest WCW fan. I never really was. And when it comes to the Monday Night War, as biased as it sounds, I always wave the flag of the WWE. So with that being said... I always felt, you know, it was more fun to watch WWE than it was to watch Nitro. But a lot of people want me to watch Nitro, and I am a man of my fans, and I would never tell my fans no. So, what I did this past Monday was I threw on Nitro, the March 3rd, 1997 episode of Nitro, because we were on the March 3rd, 1997 episode of Raw here on the podcast. I threw it on the Twitch stream, and we did a live watch-along on Twitch, so... If you want me to continue the Monday live watch-alongs for Monday Nitro and do the Monday reviews for Monday Night Raw for the same night here on the podcast, then make sure you let me know. Hit me up in the DMs on Instagram at WrestlingDeLoreanPod. Let me know what you guys want because definitely that is something that we have fun doing. I find it to be a little bit more fun watching it with everybody else than it is sitting alone and watching it. So if you want me to continue doing it that way, then let me know. I am more than willing to talk about WCW, especially if I'm able to do it as a watch-along on Mondays on Twitch. Anyway, speaking of Mondays, let's get into Monday Night Raw, a historic episode for one Randall Keith Orton. Nah, I'm just joking. Uh, Randy Orton had a big uh, he had a big show, you know what I mean? He, he definitely was praised for accomplishments that he had in the past. Randy Orton made his 1,000th WWE appearance. He just made 20 years with the company. So definitely was really dope to see them celebrate that. The main event, though, was the talk of the night. I definitely was a huge fan of this matchup. Lots of action. Lots of fucking chaos going on. It was the team of Randy Orton, Matt Riddle, Cody Rhodes, and Ezekiel slash Elias. Versus Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and the Usos. Definitely a phenomenal match that I will tell you guys, you guys got to go out of your way to check out. This all together was a really good Raw. We had the return of Mustafa Ali. 
Mustafa Ali was a guy that I didn't know we were going to see back, to be honest. He announced that he asked for his release. He told the, what's called, he said that the WWE did not grant his release. He was sitting out for a couple weeks, maybe more than a month now. Um, you saw the whole Free Ali uh, movement, hashtag, whatever you want to call it, on Twitter. So I was surprised to see that Mustafa Ali was back here on this show. It looks like he's going to be getting into a feud with Austin Theory. Now, here's my thing, right? Will Mustafa Ali be treated with, you know, respect? I, I don't see him getting a prolonged push. WWE and Vince McMahon is a very petty, you know, organization and a very petty man at times. So I don't see him getting a prolonged push. But I do think that any matchup between Mustafa Ali and Austin Theory is going to be a banger. Um, I definitely like the fact that Mustafa Ali's back. He's a babyface, and you know they didn't punish him by putting him in a ma- under a mask or some weird gimmick or some stupidity. You know what I mean? He came back. He had a fire ass promo against Austin Theory. So let's see where that goes. Someone else who came back on the show was Asuka. Asuka hasn't been on the show for a long time, and Asuka is definitely one of the top women wrestlers that they have on that show. So it's definitely cool to see Asuka back, and she's going to be starting a program, it seems, with Becky Lynch. Now, I like this for many facts. If you remember, Becky Lynch granted Asuka the WWE Women's Champion when she left to go on maternity leave. So the story goes full circle. Asuka's back. Becky Lynch is back. They're probably going to feud. It's going to be dope. Asuka is a great wrestler. I'm always happy to see Asuka back. And you know, I, I, as I say that, I, I totally forgot what happened. Like, I want to go back to Mustafa Ali. I know this is a little all over the place. But Tommaso Ciampa, who, who now is just Ciampa, I saw that coming. I literally called that shit on the podcast last week. I said that Ciampa's probably going to get a name change too. But Ciampa attacked Mustafa Ali, and we're probably going to be getting Mustafa Ali and Ciampa as a feud. Um... Not necessarily Mustafa Ali and Austin Theory, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be interesting to see what happens with uh, Ciampa and Mustafa Ali. Speaking of Ciampa, I know a lot of people still want Ciampa to be a part of Edge's group, who, by the way, still is looking strong in victory against Finn Balor on this show. Damian Priest had a phenomenal matchup with Finn Balor. And due to Edge's distraction, Finn Balor loses the matchup when Damian Priest hit a new finisher, a flatline-looking finisher, but definitely a good matchup. I would love if this leads to AJ Styles and Finn Balor teaming up against Edge's team. I think that that would be great. That would be phenomenal. There's already the Bullet Club ties between AJ Styles and Finn Balor. We've seen them wrestle before. We've never seen them team. And that goes all the way back to New Japan, too, because... When Finn Balor had his last match in New Japan as the leader of the Bullet Club and when he left to go to the WWE, his last match was also the debut night of AJ Styles taking over that role as the leader of the Bullet Club. So, they're, you know, they were like boats passing in the night. They, they weren't really ever a team. They were never on the same faction or, you know, they just have the same history. And I always felt that AJ Styles was most motivated when he had, you know, Bullet Club ties, right? I feel like AJ Styles did some of his best work when Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows were still with the company. I feel like he gets a little motivated when you bring back his history with the Bullet Club. So definitely, I think that him and Finn Balor as a team would be quite reckonable, especially going after the new faction that Edge is putting together. 
possibly adding Rhea Ripley to that, possibly adding Ciampa. I know there was rumors that the WWE wants T-Bar to be a part of that team. It's going to be interesting, but all I know is right now the WWE is in a good place, and I've been saying that week in and week out, but I mean it. The WWE is in a good place. Right now, there's a lot of attention being given to wrestlers of the future, and it's the grooming of these wrestlers right now, putting them with top uh, Hall of Famers, putting them with top legends and veterans that is going to really mold these wrestlers into the wrestlers of tomorrow, the, th- the top guys of tomorrow. Austin Theory is already being compared to John Cena by Vince McMahon. Damian Priest is getting the rub from Edge and AJ Styles. Uh, shit, there's, there's a lot more going on. There's a lot of young talent that is ready to break out. And I got to tell you right now, the WWE, for the first time in a long time, seems that they are starting to set up for the future. Roman Reigns can't be on top forever. We always saw when, when Hogan went, Bret Hart was ready to step up. When Bret went, Stone Cold was ready to step up. As Stone Cold started getting injured and started to whittle down a little bit, The Rock stepped up. <clears throat> when The Rock went Hollywood, John Cena stepped up. When John Cena left, Roman Reigns stepped up. Who's going to be the next guy to step up? Is it Theory? Maybe. Is it Priest? Maybe. Both guys have the look. Both guys have the talent. Both guys are getting the proper rub. It's going to be really interesting, but right now the WWE is in a good place, and that's all that matters. It is fun to watch their show again, and I definitely am going to be watching SmackDown with all of you tonight on Twitch. So make sure you tune into the Twitch Wrestling DeLorean, the Wrestling DeLorean on Twitch. Follow the Twitch stream. It is going to be lit tonight because we're not only watching SmackDown, but we're also watching AEW Rampage. And speaking of AEW, when we come back from this commercial break, we're talking all about AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday. So stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. 
Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't, don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee, William H. Macy, as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being... I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Salutations. It's your man CD, the fallen angel, Christopher Gaines. Now, I'm not just a world-traveled professional wrestler and the man with the perfect shaped head to be bald for the rest of his life. I'm also the head of talent relations for All Elite Wrestling. And as such, I am not allowed to lie. It's in my contract. So when I tell you that Mike DeNiro and the Wrestling DeLorean podcast is available every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you know I'm telling you the truth. Now, Mike talks about classic WWF, WCW, ECW, and TNA reviews, as well as doing modern news for AEW, WWE, Impact Wrestling, New Japan, and all the things that are happening in the world of professional wrestling today. So why don't you give it a listen, and just remember that Christopher Daniels was the one that sent you, and uh, enjoy the podcast. Take care, everyone. Welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. We're about to get into AEW Dynamite from this past Wednesday, a show that I live-streamed on Twitch for a watch party, and everybody turned out, and it was a dope-ass time. So make sure you tune into the Twitch watch streams, because it is fucking fire. Anyway, amazing episode of Dynamite. Tony Khan is not fucking playing around, people. I'm telling you, my man is on some shit. AEW right now is fucking great week in and week out, and this episode was no different. So let's get into AEW Dynamite from this past week. AEW started out hot and heavy. We had the qualifier match to the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. On the men's side, we had the Ring of Honor and Triple A Tag Team Champions colliding as Dax Hardwood of FTR went up against Cash Wheeler of FTR. And this, my friends, this was a matchup that is going to go down in the history books for AEW because this was absolutely phenomenal. I'm telling you this right now. This matchup was perfect. Absolutely amazing matchup. Two guys who obviously have a lot of respect for each other also have a lot of respect for the heart name. So they already went into this shit 
knowing that they were going to throw down in the memory of Owen Hart. These two guys wore the Hart logo on their uh, on their tights. Dope-ass addition to the matchup. I really enjoyed that. These guys were channeling Brett versus Owen at WrestleMania 10. This was a phenomenal matchup. In the end, Dax Hardwood gets the victory. Like I said, great, great matchup. I thoroughly enjoyed it. There was a lot of good matches on this show. That was not the only one. We got to see the Blackpool Combat Club versus the Factory. Now, I'm not the biggest fan of the Factory, but I got to say, I am a fan of Nick Camarado, and I hope that Nick Camarado somehow breaks out of the Factory and gets a push and maybe a little switch up in the gimmick. He has the size. He has the look. I definitely think that he has, you know, a Bruiser Brody-like feel to him. So I definitely think that I, I could see him, I should say, elevated on that card a little bit. I don't know if being with QT Marshall and Aaron Solo is doing too much for him. But anyway, shout out to Willie really Uta getting another victory for his team in his hometown. We were live in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, his hometown. Wheeler Uta once again picks up the victory for his team of John Moxley and the American Dragon Brian Danielson. I, I definitely was a fan of the Blackpool Combat Club. Now, this show had a lot of hardcore moments. On the mic and in the ring. Let's talk about on the mic. That sit down between the Jericho Appreciation Society and Eddie Kingston Santana Ortiz felt so fucking real. I thought at any moment we was about to get live rounds. I'm telling you this right now. Somebody's got to step up. It's been emphasized enough that it is three on five. The disadvantage is definitely in the park of Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. And I'm thinking, who could step up? Who, what two men could step up and join Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston to even the odds against the Jericho Appreciation Society? And I said it on the Twitch stream, and it seemed that a lot of the people that was viewing on Twitch agreed with the idea that it would be a dope idea if we had Homicide and Hernandez, the original LAX, join Santana, Ortiz, and Eddie Kingston. It would be fucking dope, honestly. Maybe bring in uh, Conan with them, even though they don't need a mouthpiece because Eddie Kingston right now is fire on the mic. He always has been, and he's one of the realest promos there is. Definitely talking down uh, Jericho this week. But honestly... Homicide and Hernandez would be dope. If you remember when the inner circle broke up, there was a little uh, mention of Homicide and Hernandez when Jericho said, maybe I got the two wrong members of LAX. Maybe I should have called Homicide and Hernandez to join the inner circle. It's not like we haven't seen Homicide on AEW television before. He made that brief appearance in New York at the Arthur Ashe Stadium when he helped even the odds against Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer against John Moxley and Eddie Kingston, ironically helping his boy Eddie Kingston. And Homicide and Hernandez are both currently not wrestling under contract to any company. So I think that that will be the perfect match because right now I'm going up and down the card and I can't really see two guys who fit in with that group, especially not as good as Homicide and Hernandez would, especially with the ties. At one point, you know what I mean? Eddie Kingston was in LAX. At one point, he was called the king. I know he feuded and we had the OGs versus the new LAX and all that and impact. But at one point, all five of these men were in 
the same faction ripping the same brand, LAX. It would be fire if they came back. Homicide could still go. Had Homicide on the podcast last year. Have the interview up on Twitch. We streamed that not too long ago. I think that that would be dope. Anyway, also, since we were in Philadelphia, like I said, we got a lot of hardcore. Later on in the night, we had the Jericho Appreciation Society jump Kingston Santana Ortiz. And Chris Jericho went original chic on Eddie Kingston throwing the fireball in the face. When was the last time you saw a fireball shot in pro wrestling? Not only the only hardcore thing, because we also then got a grudge match, a Philadelphia street fight between Hikaru Shida and Serena Deeb. This was a really good matchup. I hope that this is the feud ender, though, because honestly, these two women have been going back and forth for how many months? I think that Serena Deeb winning this matchup proves that she should be next in line for the women's champion. And we might be getting that because we did see... Thunder Rosa watching the match from backstage. If you remember when Thunder Rosa made her AEW debut, it was in a NWA title match against Serena Deeb, and that matchup was phenomenal. So I am definitely for Serena Deeb versus Thunder Rosa. We got a 10-man tag. It was Dante Martin, Lee Johnson, Brock Anderson, and the Varsity Blondes versus the Undisputed Elite, who are now all on the same page. Adam Cole, the Young Bucks, Red Dragon, all forming one uh, faction. It's dope. I mean, I don't see it lasting long. I definitely see Division come in. And I don't know where the Bullet Club comes into all this because I know that um, Jay White said last week that the Forbidden Door pay-per-view will be all about the Bullet Club and the Undisputed Elite. So we'll see. But right now, definitely I like to see everyone on the same page. They kicked the asses of the other team, and it was cool to see the Undisputed Elite win. Something I forgot to mention was earlier in the night, CM Punk declares himself the number one contender, and he will be getting his shot at double or nothing. It will be CM Punk versus Hangman Page for the AEW champion. Now, I know a lot of people don't want the old veteran coming in and taking this title from the young guy, but I got to say, even if Hangman goes heel right now, I, I don't think that there's nothing that could really save or savage or salvage I should say his title reign I think that CM Punk being the top guy of AEW being the most over guy in AEW must win that title it looks better on paper it looks better in the ring I'm just saying CM Punk as champion I think is going to happen um also also Ray Phoenix is back from injury that was a big moment Phoenix is back, and we had a big brawl and showdown between Phoenix, Penta, and Pac, the original Death Triangle, versus the House of Black, Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. Really cool moment to see, and definitely I'm happy that Phoenix is back. He had a nasty injury in the beginning of the year, so dope to see Ray Phoenix back. I'm a big Phoenix fan. Main event, let's talk about this matchup. Holy shit. The ladder match for the TNT champion, Sammy Guevara and Scorpio Sky. I don't know. The last couple weeks, Sammy Guevara has just been a little, you know, annoying to me. And I didn't want to see Scorpio Sky lose that title in the first place. So I was happy with the results of Scorpio Sky winning the matchup. But boy, did these guys kill each other. First of all, Sammy Guevara, you are a crazy motherfucker. Fucker, whatever that 
Phoenix Splash twisting senton shit that you did off the ladder and you barely connected, that was absolutely insane. And then the spot where he goes to redo that ladder match spot he had with Cody where he does a springboard on one ladder and then jumps and hits Cody with the cutter. Try that again on Scorpio. But this time Scorpio connects with the cutter on Sammy mid-air. Just perfect. We had things like barbed wire ladders in the ring. We had uh, Paige Van Zant brawling with Ty Conti. We had a lot to talk about. This was just a phenomenal matchup. And on Switch, thank God I had the stream playing because, real talk, I wouldn't be able to describe what I was seeing. It was just crazy-ass action. In the end, though, I am so happy that Scorpio Sky is once again the champion. Scorpio Sky is a man who needs to be respected. The guy is a veteran. The guy has been paying his dues for a very long and he is one of the best wrestlers on that roster. He's so underappreciated. And I always was a Scorpio Sky fan. To be honest, I'm going to take y'all back. I was a Scorpio Sky fan since I first saw him in Wrestling Society X. But that's a whole nother story. Anyway, definitely dope to see Scorpio Sky as your new TNT champion. And in the end, having Frankie Kazarian come out showing love and respect to Scorpio Sky. It definitely looked like Dan Lambert and... Ethan Page did not like that. So we may be getting a babyface turn for Scorpio Sky. And maybe we get Ethan Page versus Scorpio Sky for the TNT champion. Because Scorpio Sky might align with his former SCU buddies. We shall see. It's definitely a very intriguing way to end AEW Dynamite. But boy, AEW been putting on some of these crazy ass matches. And they do it week in and week out. These crazy ladder matches these crazy street fights these brawls all around the arena and it always seems fresh because it's always new guys doing it that's what i was talking about their roster is so massive they could keep shit fresh and they have been every single week we've been having fresh matches we're not having these rematches every fucking week like the wwe does so AEW dynamite was definitely a great show in my eyes had fun uh having the watch party on twitch that was definitely dope, but definitely a great night for AEW. It's been insane, and I can't wait to see what's going on tonight on Rampage. I know we have a Ring of Honor uh, TV title match where Samoa Joe will be defending the TV title against Trent Beretta. That should be good. We have a face-to-face -face showdown between Hook and Danhausen. That should be very entertaining. <sighs> Yo, so much going on in AEW. Next week, we have Deanna Perazu wrestling, uh, wrestling Mercedes Martinez. For the Ring of Honor Women's Champion, we have um, possibly W. Morrissey coming in to go against Wardlow. That's going to be insane. So much to talk about in AEW. I could talk for like the full hour about AEW, but that's not what we're going to do. What we're going to do is we're going to end the podcast right. We're going to end the week right. We're going to go back in time to February 7th, 1998 and February 14th, 1998. When we talk about ECW Hardcore TV, when we come back. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. 
From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The man, the king, the god of this shit, Nick fucking Gates. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Eastern Block. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Day Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy, my gang member, Mike De Niro. And Mike, I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you, like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike, if it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike. And I definitely wouldn't be doing what I love. That's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike. And I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Delarain podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. And I don't do too many. And I've done some big ones. And this one was one of my favorites. So go check out the Delarane Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Delarane Podcast. And remember... They do it three times a week. They ain't slacking. They're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking day. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man. Ladies and gentlemen, we're about to end the podcast right like we do every Friday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We go back in time and we talk about ECW Hardcore TV, and this episode is no different. We're about to get real hardcore as we talk about the 1998 Hostile City Showdown. It is Taz teaming up with Bam Bam Bigelow versus Landstorm, Chris Candido, and the franchise Shane Douglas of the Triple Threat. We also have the Grand Hamada versus Just Incredible. 
We have a lot more to talk about. We're also going to talk about the following week, February 14th, 1998. We have Sabu and Rob Van Dam versus Balls Mahoney and Axel Rotten and a whole lot more. So let's cut the chit-chat and let's talk about E-C-fucking-W. Yeah, man, this is just another crazy-ass ECW event. I feel like week in and week out, we are having more fun reviewing ECW than anything modern or classic on this podcast. Oh, man, what a night it was. February 7th, 1998, the Hostile City Showdown for ECW. We start out with a recap of Rob Van Dam and Bam Bam Bigelow where the triple threat held, well, helped Rob Van Dam win. The matchup. We got a recap of Bam Bam Bigelow wanting Taz to join him and help him defeat the triple threat. We then get the recap of Taz destroying the Dudley Boys and agreeing to be Bam Bam's partner. The show starts. We're live from Philadelphia, the world famous ECW Arena. Joey Styles welcomes us to the show. He welcomes us to Hostile City Takeover 1998. And he says. It's going to be the first match. The match where all belts will be on the line and defended in this match. It is the triple threat. Shane Douglas, Chris Candido, the prospect Lance Storm with friend of the podcast, the queen of extreme Francine. They're going up against in a handicap match. Bam Bam Bigelow and the ECW television champion Taz. The The match starts out with Landstorm and Bam Bam Bigelow and Bam Bam just absolutely destroys Landstorm. Huge clothesline, huge power bomb, huge body slam, just destroying boy. He then goes to the corner and tags in Taz as Landstorm tags in the franchise Shane Douglas. The crowd gets really hyped to see Taz and Shane Douglas. Taz hits a huge T-bone suplex on Shane Douglas. Then he takes out Storm, takes out Candido. Bam Bam comes in here, clears the ring. He takes out Lance Storm and Taz and Lance. Well, Taz and Bam Bam Bigelow are in the ring. They are standing tall. And at this moment, Taz knew he fucked up. Bam Bam Bigelow grabs the ECW television champion and wails Taz. Destroys Taz with it. It was a ruse. It was a double turn. It was all a plan. It was all a setup. All four members of the triple threat stand tall. We got Candido, Storm, Franchise, Shane Douglas, and Bam Bam Bigelow. This means that when Bam Bam left the triple threat and put the title on him, beating Franchise Shane Douglas, just to have the franchise win again in his hometown at the November to Remember 1997 it was all a plan. It was all a setup. All four men raise the triple threat logo in the air. But if you remember, it's the triple threat, not the quadruple threat. Lance Storm was just there to hold a spot for Bam Bam Bigelow because Chris Candido takes out his tag team partner, his co-holder of the tag team champion, Lance Storm. He takes him out. He hits a huge pile driver on the belt that results to Landstorm needing to be stretchered out. Franchise Shane Douglas, Chris Candido, and Bam Bam Bigelow once again are the triple threat. 
Taz gets up. He hits a double leg takedown on Bam Bam. He starts putting the punches to Bam Bam. But the numbers are just way too much. Three on one. Taz is getting destroyed. In the end, Lance Storm and Taz need to be helped to the back. And the triple threat stands tall. We then get a recap of Sabu versus the Sandman in the Stairway to Hell match from House Party 1998. They said the match that was so violent it can't be aired on TV. They said, right now it's 1998. We got WWE trying to be hardcore. They're, they're, they're trying to be a little extreme. We have the WCW trying to take risks and be a little bit more hardcore. But ECW proved a point that no one does hardcore like ECW does hardcore because Sabu versus the Sandman in the Stairway to Hell match from House Party 1998 was the most violent match in ECW history. And that's covering a lot of ground. That's covering no rope barbed wire matches. That's covering Taipei death matches. That's covering fire. That's covering glass. That's covering a whole lot. This match was one of the most violent matches ever in ECW. Main event, we got Just Incredible with Jason, the quote-unquote most sexiest man on earth. Kiss my ass. Versus the Grand Hamada, Japanese legend. Hamada starts out strong, taking it to Jason. He then takes Just Incredible out with a stiff clothesline. The veteran Hamada is just destroying Just Incredible for the early part of this matchup, teaching him some respect. Grand Hamada gets a lot of offense in, including a top-rope Frankensteiner. Just Incredible uses underhanded tactics to get the upper hand. Credible then puts the great Sasuke mask on and mocks the legend, and he hits an incredible, just incredible, or what, is he, what do you used to call that uh, pile driver? That's incredible, not just incredible, that's incredible on Grand Hamada for the win. One, two, three. Just Incredible poses with the great Sasuke match. He's yet again defeated another Japanese junior heavyweight legend. The show ends with the triple threat cutting a promo on Taz, saying Taz is a mark. He's a Red Hook Brooklyn mark. He's a mark for himself. He's a mark for that shitty little title that cannot compare to the franchise's ECW world champion. He says that, Lance Storm, you were just here to play a part, boy. You are a Canadian mark who was only here with Candido. But then when he noticed that Lance Storm had eyes for Sonny, franchise told Candido... That Canadian mark has to go. Franchise says that Taz and Storm are just marks. And together, again, the triple threat will destroy all the marks of ECW. Great, great, great episode. Thoroughly enjoyed it. I can't even describe how good this was. Like, ECW, by far, is putting in bangers every fucking week. You know what I mean? Like, this was such a great time period for wrestling. 1998, we had the start of real good attitude ever shit. WCW was still, you know, doing good. And ECW was on fire. Like, I am so happy to be covering this shit. It's stuff that I was too young to really appreciate at the time when I was living through it. Like, my dad used to put on ECW. I used to watch ECW with my dad. Did I understand most of it? No, I was four years old. Do I remember most of it? No, I was four years old. So it's so cool to go back now with the mindset I have now, the knowledge I have now, professional wrestling, and really enjoy this. The February 17th, uh, 14th episode was also a lot of uh, recaps from Hostile City Showdown. We have it announced that it will be Taz versus Bam Bam Bigelow at Living Dangerously. 
March 20th on pay-per-view, which we will be covering here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Maybe I'll do a live watch-along for that show. That would be dope. We also know it's going to be Lance Storm with a mystery tag partner versus Chris Candido with, the, with a mystery tag partner. And in the main event, we had a wild, wild, hardcore matchup between Bald Mahoney and Axel Rotten versus Sabu and Rob Van Dam. In the end, Rob Van Dam and Sabu is too much for the hardcore chair-swinging freaks. It looks like Rob Van Dam and Sabu have a, a good claim, a good say if they want to be the next in line for the ECW Tag Team Champions. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us, ladies and gentlemen, on this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I appreciate everybody who rides with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. We're going to keep on going strong with this podcast week in, week out, three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Also, as we build the Twitch I have a lot of people asking, oh, is the podcast now on Twitch? No, it's not. What we do on Twitch is separate. Basically, here on the podcast, we review shows. Like, we do a lot. We talk about a lot. But in the end, like, let's call it what it is. We review shows. Modern shows, classic shows. On Twitch, we watch the shows that we're reviewing. We do live watch-alongs. We do watch parties. We have everybody chime in. We have... People getting my live reactions to what's going on. So it's completely different than what I do here because what I do here is me with another, you know, having time to think about things, me giving my final opinion on things, where there on Twitch, I'm giving you live reactions. And it's just, you know, Q&As, just fun, just chilling with everybody. So make sure you follow on Twitch Let's help grow the Twitch as big as the podcast. I already have over 20,000 downloads on this podcast this month. I am so appreciative of all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers. Let's get the Twitch to be up to that point. You know what I mean? Let's grow both. Let's have a beautiful synergy of Twitch and podcasting. I will be back on Twitch tonight for a watch-along, watch party, whatever you want to call it, of SmackDown and AEW Rampage. So join us. Have fun. It's going to be a great time. Hope to see you guys there. And if not, I know I will see you guys here on Monday here on the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I love you guys. Thank you for always riding with the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'll see you tonight on Twitch. Niggas that can tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor We the wolves done Who can fuck with De Niro? I got a Snyder extender clip So who wanna play hero? Go bad shit like Ozzy I was born in the darkness Oh, you the wolf Till we pull up and you're harmless So pray to Oliver the Don Dada The top shotter The top spot Final boss you cross That's when your ride stop Basquiat with that white chalk Trigger finger streets Might leave your brains on the sidewalk Niggas that can tough in the hood Till the wolves come Bitches let a drink in the club Till the wolves come Surrounded by the sheep in the street Till the wolves come Everyone strip on the floor Till the wolves done Heard them got them niggas They be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet They be plotting in the back Summertime better be careful where you at No matter Addy nigga We gon' get you where you lack Dipping, creeping through the night is precise Catch a nigga slipping for his ice worth your life 
Answer yes, well, did nigga pay your price? Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight. South Bronx, midnight, niggas moving packs cause they hunting. I'm moving packs of that onion, but probably packing them something. Catch them slipping with them coals and he ain't telling us nothing. Catch a nigga fooling twice and then I'm pressing that button. Send his ass away, permanent vacate and start bluffing. Must have moved to Honolulu, changed his name to McLovin. Said you know what you know, that's for the pack to remember. And if a nigga leaking these, we gotta. Niggas say the dead don't talk, but that money do If I put a hole in his melon, I bet his honey do Shorty keep crying and screaming like that's helping you Bullets gave his brain a period for that decimal Niggas acting tough in the hood To the wolf's call Bitches love to drink in the club To the wolf's call Surrounded by the sheep in the street To the wolf's call Everyone strip on the floor To the wolf's call Heard them got them niggas, they be moving in the packs Think the shit is sweet, they be plotting in the back Summertime, better be careful where you're at No matter Addy, nigga, we gon' get you where you lack Dipping, creeping through the night, it's precise Catch a nigga slipping for his ice, worth your life Answer yes, well, did nigga pay your price Right or wrong, when you see the moon, it's on sight For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.